The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Hello and welcome back and thanks for joining us on this Thursday as we take some time out of our day to study God's word. We're glad you're with us. Hope this is an encouragement as we deal with uh, one of the more needful, sometimes confusing, and sometimes frustrating topics that we have to deal with, which are so important for us to understand. And it is the topic of forgiveness as we continue through the study of the Sermon on the Mount. Now, I'll be honest with you, we go about 10 minutes here, um, and I can promise you that there is no way in 10 minutes that you can cover all that needs to be covered in the aspect of forgiveness, and then there's a million questions that come beyond it. My goal is to highlight just a few things, a few of the more popular questions, popular frustrations that come, possibly popular barriers that go from being able to offer and to enjoy forgiveness. And I mean you forgiving other people. Obviously, if there's something you've hurt somebody and you're seeking forgiveness, then go seek it. Go talk to them. Take responsibility for your action. Ask for forgiveness. All right, that part Give it or not, if they don't give it or whatever, you've done your part, you've owned a responsibility, you've done your part, you can move on. Uh, I'm more referencing here not necessarily receiving forgiveness as much as I am giving forgiveness, which generally is the more complicated of the two things to look at, and that is, you know, giving forgiveness. Let's go ahead and look at the scriptures here, because we said we were going to pull a verse from the Lord's Prayer, and then right after, he kind of repeats it again. He says in verse um, number 12, and forgive us, is um, Matthew 6 Verse 12, he says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And I love the idea of debtors, those who hold things over us. If I, you know, I have a mortgage, I'm in, to an extent indebted to the owner, they have that over me. I cannot move on. I cannot make any other major financial decisions without that being taken into account. Um, it is a, a debt I owe. It's something that I owe. And so when people have, you know, when I've hurt people, he goes, forgive me the debts that I owe to you. And I love the fact that Jesus references the debt I owe first so many times in our lives, we're so quick to hold on to other people and how they've hurt us and how they've offended us. And we have a right for this. And the first thing Jesus does is he references saying, Lord, thank you, or help me, forgive me, my dad. It's a reminder that as much as I want to hold what everybody else has done to me, it's a reminder that I'm a sinner first, that I've done things. I've done things to offend God. I've done things to offend others. And so it's quicker to be able to forgive when you realize you are a recipient of that forgiveness as well. Uh, let me go down to verse 14. We'll talk about a condition there, and then we'll finish with some practical, just some practical questions about forgiveness. Verse 14, Jesus also says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now, what is he referencing there? If I don't forgive others, he won't forgive me. We need to recognize what he's talking about. He's not referencing salvation here. He's not saying you won't get salvation. He's not saying um, you're going to lose your salvation. So when we get saved, we are forgiven. We are forgiven from the, for the ultimate punishment. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. So when we are saved, we have been freed from the ultimate punishment of death and hell. But in 1 John 1, 9, the Bible tells us that if, you know, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from our unrighteousness. That is the day-to-day fellowship, that walk we have with Jesus. If I sin, the idea of confessing is agreeing with God that these things are wrong. So on a, on a daily basis, and maybe even consistently throughout the day, when we sin, we have an advocate with the Father. We go to Jesus. We ask for forgiveness. If we're willing to acknowledge that our actions are wrong and ask for forgiveness, he's faithful and just to constantly give it to us. 
This is not referencing the ultimate forgiveness when it comes to death and hell. This is referencing the day-to-day fellowship we have with Jesus. And so the simplistic way to put it would be that my fellowship with God has been broken. The Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, God will not hear me. When I strive to, be, to walk with God and talk with God, I'm asking, but I, I have a sin in my life that I've not dealt with then God is not going to listen. That's what he's referencing here. So here's what he's saying. If there is somebody else in my life that has hurt me and they and I am unwilling to forgive them, then God says, I have broke my fellowship with him. I do not enjoy that fellowship and God will not give me fellowship or not rekindle my fellowship, give me basically a clean conscience and be able to walk with him again as long as I'm not. Simply saying, I'm holding on other people, I'm living in sin because God is what he's dealing with. Is I, he won't forgive me of my own because I'm not forgiving others. So now let's go to this idea of forgiveness. First of all, what is forgiveness? So the premise we've seen in scripture, we just mentioned one of them, is that forgiveness, for us to receive it, it must be asked. Salvation, forgiveness is there. It's purchased on the cross for everybody, but we must ask for it to receive it. Same thing happens in 1 John 1, 9. God wants to offer me that reconciliation, but if I'm not willing to confess my sin and ask for it, I won't receive it. Those things are all true. So then you come back and say, what do I do then? when someone else has hurt me and they won't ask for forgiveness. A family member, a friend, a coworker hurt me. They know they've hurt me. I've gone to them about it. They are aware of the circumstance, but they won't ask for me to forgive them. Do I have to forgive them? Now, the premise I want us to look at is true, full reconciliation does require both sides. All right? if, if somebody's hurt you, to you, for you to reconcile that relationship, they must ask for forgiveness and you must give it. And if anybody asks me, I must always give it biblically. But what do I do when someone doesn't ask for forgiveness? How do I take that next step? Well, can I tell you something that I think is important? I don't think God ever intended forgiveness to only be given to those um, in our part that asks, if God asks, if people ask, we must. But let me give you an example. Someone hurts you, and their purpose is to hurt you, but they never ask for forgiveness. They are hurting you every day. If you don't offer forgiveness, then you live with this anger. You can grow into this bitterness, and this person who's hurt you is constantly hurting you on a daily basis by not coming to you. Your freedom and your peace to deal with that circumstance cannot be on somebody who refuses to acknowledge. So, while true reconciliation de- demands they come to me and I forgive, what if they don't? This is where I come back and say that part of forgiveness is more about you than it is about them. When you go where Paul Peter's asked Jesus, if I, if I offend somebody uh, or if someone offends me seven times, how often do I forgive them? Jesus says 70 times seven, basically every time. Intriguingly enough in that passage, he says, if I've been offended, he does not ask if they come back and ask for forgiveness. And I would assume if someone's purposely repeating this seven times in one day, they're not really going out of the way to ask for forgiveness. The simple premise is this, all right? Jesus offers forgiveness to everyone. They have to receive it, but the forgiveness is still offered. To me, if I don't offer that forgiveness, you know what happens? I live constantly with this feeling that I can weigh it over top of them. I have a right to hold this over their head. I have a right 
to not let them go. The problem is most of the people don't realize that. Most of the people who have hurt us either don't realize they've hurt us, don't care they've hurt us, or enjoy the fact that it bothers us. And in that, we are the one that lives in prison. If I'm not willing to forgive, anger builds up, bitterness builds up. And the Bible says bitterness will build up a mean defile a lot of other people. It can affect all kinds of other relationships. And the only way that I truly get to enjoy that peace is when I'm willing to release them of their debt, whether or not they ask me for it. See, if I'm not willing to forgive, then I live with that. Now, please understand. I hope you understand. When I say forgive, I don't mean trust. I don't mean we, we go back and trust somebody. If they've hurt me, I'm not going to say, okay, I'll forgive you even if you don't want it. Then you can come back. Everything's normal. That's not the case. This idea of forgiveness is I forgive. Even if they ask for forgiveness, I forgive. And then we start the process of reconciliation, rebuilding trust. Forgiveness is not acting like none of it happened. Forgiveness is moving on without letting it hold you back. Here's another question I've been asked um, in this aspect. I can't forget it. I've been asked to forgive, but I can't forget. I hope you understand forgiveness does not demand forgetting. Our God created us with an absolutely amazing mind. And in those minds, we can hold on to things that unfortunately, things that hurt us, we hold on to much longer than things that help us. When someone's nice and kind to us, that's great, but that doesn't stick around as much. The scars of pain stick around longer. And so we can hold on to that. And even if we have forgiven somebody, it's hard to forget it. God's never said we have to forget. God says we have to release it. We have to forgive it. So here's the practical sense. Someone's hurt me. And I can say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forgive them, but I can't forget it. I'm not asked to. Every day when I wake up, I re-forgive them for that hurt. Every time it comes into my mind that I consider what they've done, I forgive them. Forgiveness is not a one-time thing. I got healing. I move on. Forgiveness is a constant daily process of not allowing myself to become overwhelmed, to become angry and bitter by the actions of someone else, legitimate hurtful actions of someone else. So forgiveness is me releasing that and then living and living not under the burden of that anger, of that hurt, of that bitterness. And I let it go. I, I, it's basically impossible to forget those things. Now, as we work on forgiving and we work on not dwelling on it, we'll get to the point where those things will no longer carry the hurt they do. They won't be forefront in our mind. We'll be able to move on without those things carrying with it the hurt. But if all we do is focus on it, we relive the pain over and over and it hurts. So he's not telling us to forget because it's humanly impossible to forget it. He's asking us not to focus on it. And as we continue to let that go, continue to forgive and focus somewhere else, then healing will come over a period of time where it no longer carries that sensitive burden hurt that it did when it first happened. Again, we could spend a lot more time on this, and maybe one day we will. We'll just spend some time talking about this. I know in the future at some point, and church will do this and talk about how do we work in one of the classes we're looking to develop here in the fall for our adult Bible classes. This topic will be part of that, and so we'll dig deeper into that point. This is just a surface introductory idea with some things that I think hopefully were helpful as we strive how do we do what God's asked us to do in his word. Thanks again for joining us on this Thursday morning, giving me a chance to be part of your day. Appreciate it. Hope you have a great rest of your day and a great finishing of your week. And I look forward to seeing you on Sunday as we have a great opportunity uh, to come together and worship together. Thanks again for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time.